PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. This Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to a shit. I do not know, but it's intense. And it continues. And it continues. Drusa Cogburn in a world where Drusa Cogburn <laughs> calls out the host for his silly voice. Drusa Cogburn, I how mean, are you? I mean, I could literally do that every episode if I wanted to. Why don't you? It's fun. Let's have fun, Drew. <laughs> it's, it's, come on. Do the voices. Um, it's all this. It's it's a medium we're working in. It's a voice. It's a it's an audio medium, and people are coming to it for this nonsense. Because if are they're not, try- I don't know are why. Are you trying to become I, a voice actor? Is that what's going I, on? I, what else do I have at this point? I'm screwed if I don't find something else. Yeah, I mean you are. <laughs> I, I, got, I mean, come on, <laughs> come on. My face has come become flat from running into this dead end over and over. Please, someone. That's a weird uh, me- metaphor. Similar, visual. Drew Sir Cogburn. I saw Luca on Disney Plus, and it was alright. That's what everybody says. It's fun. It's yeah. cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom really liked it. She watched it with Dad last night. Uh, I saw them this morning. Uh, she was like, "We watched Luca. It was very good." I like how it's very Italiano. Hey, you know, it's very, very Italian. Is it Italian or is it American Italian? No, it's for sure. Like the guy who wrote it or whatever is, is like the Mussolini or something. You know, it's like some super Italian bunch. I'm not. I have no names in front of me. I'm just making shit up. But yeah, okay. it's very Italian. Uh, in a cool way, and uh, my favorite parts were when there was like a little bit of food involved. There was like some pesto pasta at one point, and uh, some espresso, uh, some gelato. There were the kids around eating gelato. It's like, oh, I'm made me want to watch Ratatouille, kind of. <laughs> you know, it's but Ratatouille was in France, but it was a food movie. <laughs> I'm talking about the food stuff okay. specifically, and I liked how they were like showing showing some yeah. of the food stuff. So, do you know what this movie is about, Luca? Uh, I saw, I mean, it's uh, kids that are actually like the, the mermen or sea creatures, some sea. sort of magical monster things that can also look human on land. Yes, so they're sea monsters who when they hit land and they dry off, then they appear human. But then if they get wet, like it starts raining, then they look like they're the sea monster self. And when they live underwater, they believe that the humans are afraid of them and will kill them. Uh, but there's this one guy who's been living topside for a minute. And he's like, no, it's cool up here. So that's voiced by uh, Jacob Dylan, Jake Dylan Grazer, the kid from Shazam, who's the uh, the other the the kid, the kid with the cane who walks around. He's mm-hmm. also in it. Yeah. He is the he's the kid who lives topside. And then uh, our boy Jacob Tremblay okay. is, is a young is a young sea monster who then joins him uh, against his parents' wishes. So he's like hiding out, trying to spend some human time up there. And the movie's an hour and a half. I gotta say, uh, I checked the time. It took an hour for for something dramatically interesting to happen. <laughs> Ugh, I don't think that, that's not a good thing. But it, but, well, at, but at the same time, at least you know it's not that like 
punch in the gut that a lot of Pixar movies are like, by the way, the first 10 minutes, you're going to cry. Right. <laughs> no, it doesn't have anything like that, but it does have, uh, from from that point where something, where the movie actually has like a twist, sort of, like something dramatically, where it's like, oh no, it's sort of like a, uh, like a betrayal moment sort of thing. Um, from that point forward, then the movie does have some emotional stakes that pay off in, in that very short span, the last 20, 30 minutes. Uh, I'm not saying it's like, oh, my God, I keep this movie so profound. But I was like, oh. Yeah. When it ended, I was like, oh. And then it had like another ending. And I was like, hmm, okay. All right. But uh, it's gorgeous. It's yeah. And it's it looks different than other Pixar movies where they, uh, even though it's dealing with like people for the most part there's like sea monsters but it's also people they're not really going for realism they're going for cartoons storyboard but they that's not something they normally you know usually it's talking cars talking toys uh robots in outer space when when they they rarely do humans um so this for sure has its own like like a flip like a storybook thing for kids um the the clouds are extra poofy that type of thing Mm -hmm. you know and it looks very, very nice. It's a nice ninety minutes. It's a, it's a, it's a decent hang. Maybe a little predictable, but I also like how it's so Italian, eh? And and it fixates a lot on the Vespa and on transportation, two wheel transportation, and that feels like a, a, a huge reference to um, uh, one of the most famous films ever is an Italian film. At least when it comes to, like film nerd academia shit, um, the Bicycle Thieves. Uh, it's like an early neo-realism Italian film. And uh, so like the fixation on the bike and the Vespa and all that stuff felt very, very Italian. Fellini, eight and a half, all this shit, all those references are in there. I mean, it's it's got it. It's a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. It passes muster for a Pixar movie. Maybe it's not as, uh, oh my God, as some of them are. It, it felt more closer to Onward than it did to Soul. Okay. Or uh, Wally. Yeah, man, Wally is like something else. Wally is something <laughs> like like watching Luca. I was like, damn, I wish I could see this in the theater. If I was watching, and like Luca is not even available in theaters; it's only available. It went straight to Disney mm-hmm. Plus. Uh, if Wally was that situation, it was like only available on, and I was watching it at home, it'd be sort of like uh, Mitchell's vs. Machines. I was like, man, I wish I saw this in theaters. Yeah, Mitchell's vs. Machines. Yeah. Because that's what you saw, right? Yeah. All right, so Luca's fine. If you want, if you want to see Luca, watch it. It's fine. It's on Disney Plus. It's not costing you an extra dollar if you already have Disney Plus. You know, so it's it's worth it. Uh, just for Pixar, but you saw Mitchell's vs. Machines. Yeah, it was good. That came out uh, like a uh, four weeks ago, something I think, like something like that. No. Phil Lord, Phil Lord, Lord, Chris Miller produced. It's it's a Lord Miller joint all the way. Does it feel like there? No, it does because at some point in time, something rips out, something's hard out, <laughs> <laughs> holding its hand in victory. <laughs> it's like um, the Russos Avengers movies. Someone's got to lose an arm. Uh, in, in in their movies, someone's got to have a heart ripped out. Someone's heart's getting ripped out. Don't. It's like, usually hilarious. Yeah, like this movie's for children. Don't worry, we got it. <laughs> we figured out a way. Yeah. It's gonna be fine. Uh, yeah. What do you think of it? Tell me. What you, give me I, your review. I mean, it it was a very Lord Miller joint, uh, heavy on the family stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you know that was kind of the plot of the movie too. So I mean, I get it. Uh, I like the uh, the art style mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. A mix of styles. Yeah. Yeah. 2D, 3D. The um, editing in terms of like social media style, uh, memory. Yeah. Was invasive in a way. It was good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, you see what I mean? How some of the sci fi stuff, yes. like the wide shots when it, like the things were being assembled. Oh! 
Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this will look cool on a on a big no, or screen. even like, it felt like it was designed when, for when they were going up the mountain. Like yeah. some of those big wide shots, like that would look great in theaters. Yeah, exactly. And for a while, it was supposed to be in theaters. It was, it's a Sony animation, I think, and then it got sold off to to Netflix at one point. It was originally called Connected. Okay, because everything was called. Yeah. Everything was connected. then they changed it to Mitchell's first. I don't know if either title is better than the other, but it's fine. Yeah, it was right? good. It's I enjoyed it. It's yeah, a, it's a good one. It's a Lord Miller joint. There's some good emanations out there. I mean, I'd say it's people... better than Onward. Yeah, Onward is like it had a good idea, but I don't know something about the execution. If you had like uh, some real daddy issues, maybe or like brother, big brother issues, little brother issues, then yeah, maybe you could latch on to that. But I felt like an outsider in terms of I maybe. Uh, yeah, it was weird, right? Well, yeah, it was fine though. But Soul, everyone's got almost everyone grasps Has with the Soul existentially. Yes, <laughs> we all are like, what happens next? So. Yeah, we can all we can all get that with soul. That was kind of easy. That was easy to easy get weirdly. Like you pitch it in a room, people are like, I don't think people are gonna understand it. And then people watch the movie, and we're like, we all get yeah. it. <laughs> we all understand. Um. All right. So Mitchell's V the machines. One thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Three thumbs up. On a scale of one out of ten thumbs, how many fists are we giving this thing? I mean, I'll give it eight. Damn, eight that's, out of ten. That's four fists, baby. Good. I mean, it's no Rango, but there ain't no Rango. God, Rango. Rango is dude. It's on Hulu right now. Like I, every time I, I'm like, should I watch it today? Is that weird? That, that weird feeling. <laughs> I get that with movies. It's like, oh, is it time? Is it finally a time? Uh, it's like we, almost we didn't know what we had when when it came out. It's like I, it, I mean, it, I, on, it, in it hindsight def- now it grows in stature. Well, yeah, no, definitely. Well, it's because in hindsight, like every time I watch it, I notice a, a new reference or something mm-hmm. else that's silly that I'm just like, like this movie was made. For adult Drew, but it's a children's movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> family movie, family movie, for yeah, sure. How do they get away with? I mean, for a family movie, like I'm surprised it's not. Is it a Lord Miller? Was it was it a Lord Miller joint? I no, just didn't know it. <laughs> no, it's a, no, it's not. Right? Imagine Gore Verbinski, man. The guy's such so a weird. Like when he, when he hits, he hits hard. Yeah, fucking hit, swung for the fences, and yeah. as far as I'm concerned, knocked out of the fucking park. Goddamn cure for wellness. That movie, I was like, it's like the stupid eels. Just give me a good movie. What a, is this, Gore? It's a goddamn animated western, and yeah. Johnny Depp's still playing Hunter S. Thompson. Weird. What is going on? So, so, <laughs> so weird. I loved it. And then you know how they, sh- the, to shoot that movie, Rubinsky got the cast together on sets with like a bunch of just dumb props, like really cheap props. And then he shot the movie on video uh, with all the actors, and then they just gave that to the animators, like, animate this. <laughs> Here's your reference, do this. And it worked. And it worked. It was so much fun. Um, all right, let's get into some media diet stuff. I watched a movie uh, called The Silent Partner. It's from 1978. I had to rent it. But I really wanted to watch it because I've heard the name of it come up recently in, like, several different conversations as, like, this is a good movie. you got to check it out. It's uh, Elliot Gould. And Christopher Plummer, uh, both of them, you know, younger, obviously, than than we know them as, uh, typically, now. And uh, it's cool. It's a cool Canadian movie that, when it came out, it was, like, a huge hit in Canada. Um, Elliot Gould plays a banker, who, he's, like, the bank vault manager. And uh, he uh, knows that the mall Santa is planning to rob his bank, so he manages to skim... $50,000 from the robbery 
uh, and the guy leaves, it's Christopher Plummer, he leaves with only like 8000 or something, so that he finds out in the news that the bank reported way more money missing, so he goes to Elliot Gould, he's like, hey, you owe me, come on. <laughs> it's like, nah, and I was like, a slick move, man, we're partners now, we're my, you're my silent partner, come on, you gotta get me in on this money. So it becomes this whole cat and mouse game of like, with this extra money, whether Elliot Gould is going to give it off over or not. Uh, and it's also a super horny movie because then it's also about people like just a lot of fucking going on and people fucking each other in relationships and shit. Uh, but it's pretty well done. And it's Canadian 78, one of the side characters who has, has his own little mini arc of like meeting the girl and getting married. So this movie has a wedding. John Candy. What big old big old John Candy? He must be twenty years old. Oh wow! Uh, a plaid jacket, most of the like uh, blazer, most of the movie that he's in, and like feathered, long feathered hair, uh, looking like Farrah Fawcett. God, I was like, look at that young, young, viral, charismatic John Candy. Uh, it was a really cool movie, really enjoyable. It's not available for on any of the streaming services, but it is widely available for rent. And if people want to see some like cool seventies Canadian horny heist movie with Goul- Elliot Gould and Christopher Plummer, definitely worth it. Also, in the beginning, it's set during Christmas, so good Christmas movie yeah. too. Good Christmas movie. I finished uh, season one of Gangs of London on mm-hmm. AMC. Mm-hmm. I watched it via Sling TV. Man, that show is good. The way it ended. Like, I'm down for a season two. If there never was a season two, You're okay I'd, be, with that too. I'd be fine as well. I'm like, cool, awesome. It's still pretty satisfying, and I can use my imagination to be like, oh, yeah, I see where it's going. Um, but uh, if they do a season two, I'm, I'll definitely for sure, yeah. for sure check it out. And I would definitely recommend uh, people watch it. It is hyper-violent, which is part of the reason why I, I, I love it. hyper-violence. It's like, people don't just get shot in the face with a shotgun like their face disintegrates it's oh my god (laughs) oh man it's good it's good gangs of london amc uh worth it totally worth it and it's a was it originally bbc i believe it's a welcome to bbc my parents just finished uh all three seasons of Broadchurch. Yeah, Broadchurch. Broadchurch. They really liked it. I never watched it. I just remember all of the marketing for it. Oh, I, yeah. And I never watched it. Come here, Broadchurch. Broadchurch. Like, man, you should check out this Broadchurch. Broadchurch. And then they did one season of an American... Oh, that's how it means at the end of the episode. Vehicle burglary reported Lee Road and North Orange Blossom Trail. Wait, what happened? Burglary? Yeah. Car burglary. My car? Wait, where is it? Lee Road? And OBT. Oh, that ain't my car. My car is My car is here. We're good. Um, the, uh, what, what was that? Uh, Gangs of London, AMC, uh, eh, fuck, it gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Season eight of Alone just started. Okay. Um, big fan of this show, even though it's like I am now at the point where I see all the strings, the editing strings and how, how the show goes, can be yeah. manipulated, but it's still. So like when the first episode started and one end of episode starts with the first guy being like, I'm here. I'm like, that guy's gone. <laughs> he, he ain't making it past this first episode. And sure enough, he doesn't. So really at this point, it becomes a mystery of why. Why will this guy not make it? Uh, and then it makes sense. I thought about why. If they have all this footage of these people who leave early and then people who are there the whole time. Uh, you, you have to burn that early footage in the first few episodes anyway. It just logically makes sense. So, they are in somewhere in Canada, in British Columbia. It's all like halfway between the American border and the Arctic Circle. Uh, so, pretty inhospitable. 
uh, but hospitable enough for grizzly bears, mountain lions, and like one other intense predator where cool. I feel like they're truly daring someone to get eaten by an animal. <laughs> that's two. One more time. <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, means <laughs> the show continues. No, it's four. Remember we changed it to four? Did we? Yeah, a while ago. Because you started season in three so often <laughs> that I'll be, I couldn't even finish an episode. I would get so drunk. These drinks are big. The ASMR, the ASMR segment brought to you by Trusa Cogman Sneezes. That's weird. That is weird. That is weird. Um, so there's like, they're daring, they're daring something to get eaten and killed by an animal. Cool. I hope it happens. Me too. Eventually. Let me know. At least let it I will watch that episode. That episode. I'll be like, episode <laughs> eight, season two. <laughs> Dude, that's the one. Um, so I, I watch the first episode. It's good. It's good stuff. It's it's alone. It's back, baby. It's back. That's on History Channel. That's a History Channel show. So if you have access to the History Channel, you can watch it there. Hulu. Um, but it's not on Hulu just yet, oh, okay. though, for some reason. Like, you would have to go to historychannel.com. Uh, I'm watching it via, again, Sling. Slang. Yeah. That can... Shit costs money, man. I gotta find ways for a use reason it. to use yeah. it. All right, or else I'm a. My brother wa- uses it to watch wrestling. The TNT mm. watches a lot of wrestling out there. He's in St. Thomas. Good for him. Mm. It's nice over there. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. It was a good read. Good, 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 good. Loki episode two. You haven't started yet. Nope. Man, man, Joseph like Cogman. I mean, everybody's been raving about it. I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm loving the show. It is fantastic. Uh, Owen Wilson's great. Tom Hiddleston is uh, obviously sinking his teeth into the whole thing. Uh, I would love to sit in on one of these Loki lectures that he apparently did on set where he's teaching everyone the whole intricacies of the Loki character and his history and everything. Uh, he said sometimes like he would talk to Owen Wilson so much about it that he could see him like fading. And like, <laughs> All right, how about we pick it up tomorrow from here? And he'd be like, thank you. Yeah, okay, that's a good idea. So make sure you have your notebook. He has him with a notebook, like writing shit down. No. He said he showed up to his, uh, I don't know, hotel room, wherever he's saying, he showed up one night. So like, you got your notebook and you were up to like midnight, like talking about Loki shit. I mean, he should talk to Marvel about making like uh, the history of Loki by Tom Hiddleston. They would sell a billion copies. Probably would. Probably would. Uh, yeah, Wilson calls him the Loki lectures. Who's the other one? Re- reference it. There as we go. Like, and call it and call it the Loki, the Loki lectures. lectures. That's and, what he and, called and him. And throw him a couple. Throw him ten grand for the name. One of the other actors said it was like a, It's like Cambridge. I think it was Gugu Mbatha Raw. The one she plays. Yeah. Uh, she plays the character in the show. Uh, she said it was like sitting in on a, a Cambridge lecture. Like he had uh, goddamn slideshows and shit no. <laughs> to show them. Like it was really impressive. Uh, Hiddleston fucking classically trained. Uh, speaks latin like for real even like listens to podcasts that are in greek and latin and shit because he's in, he's an insane person he's an insane person good for him apparently tom hiddleston uh it's a such a fun show it's full of timey-wimey bullshit that i'm really enjoying episode two ends with something where you're like oh here we go oh. woohoo Doctor Strange have, and the multiverse of madness do, indeed i see where we're going with this do they have time <laughs> crystals yet Time, I don't know. We don't. Not yet. Because they're one of my favorite this a timey wimey thing? stuff. Yeah. Because so, talking uh, about time and crystals. Uh, there, there, there's in the Wolverine comic books that I have. It's Wolverine and Spider Man basically get thrown back in the past. Okay. Because there's this guy who at the end end up his younger self ends up killing his older self. Um, but his weapon is a baseball bat with time crystals on it. So he beats people into different 
times and dimensions. <laughs> really, it's hilarious. That is it awesome. Is so funny. That is that's hysterical. <laughs> no, we haven't we haven't got we haven't yeah. not gotten there yet. Well, but that's Wolverine funny. invents beer, and when, when that happens, oh, we have Wolverine to thank for no. beer. It's yeah, Wolverine and Spider Man get thrown back into like the cave caveman era. It's like shit. There's no beer. <laughs> we gotta we gotta start growing some wheat. We gotta start growing some wheat. A. We gotta start growing some wheat. A. Um, Spider-Man's like, why are you so short? So, we haven't got the time crystals yet, but we, we are getting to some fun stuff. And yeah. the idea of well, the just, ultimate just, power of the universe. Just remember that they exist. Okay. I'm glad to it know that. It could be fun. I'm glad to know that they do. <laughs> I'm glad to know they do. It could be fun. Uh, apparently, it looks like we may be getting a... This may be a... Like, Jonathan Majors is cast as Kang the Conqueror in um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, colon, Quantumanium. But that doesn't come out till 2023, I think. Um, but this show in the first couple episodes is teasing Kang Conqueror as like one of the main uh, like big characters yeah. that we haven't gotten to meet yet. So I don't know what's gonna happen with that. Cool. If it's just gonna be like a background thing or what? It's a uh, it, it's a cool show. Though. I'm super super into it. Really enjoying it. Way more than like WandaVision and uh, to the point where now if the show doesn't end well, I'll be disappointed. Like oh, you guys didn't. You get you Game of Thrones did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other ones like started okay, but then they like, all right, you stuck the landing. I think you did pretty good. Like this one, oh, now you guys are you, you, you kicking that bar really high for my own for my own taste. Anyway, so that's that's my media diet. That's what I watch this week. I started reading a book, but I'm 20 pages in, so I can't talk about it. Okay. Uh, what about you? You watch anything else besides uh, Mitchell's V Machines? So there is the that weird uh, anime that I watched a while ago called Kite. Uh, about the, uh, the the female assassin, underage girl. There's yeah. like weird animated sex, so it's kind of weird and rapey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember you talking about that a while ago. There's uh, there's a sequel called Kite Liberator, which is way less rapey. Is it Kite Colon Liberator or is it yes. Kite Liberator? No, I think it's Kite Colon Liberator. Okay. It's okay. only 58 minutes, uh, so a little less rapey. Oh, just a little less. Well, because there's, there's, yeah, a little less rapey. <laughs> uh, but just as hyper-violent and weird and wacky, yeah. uh, there's... Weird space monsters in this one. Ooh. So, you know. Uh, it's uh, Amazon? Uh, Hulu? He, Amazon. Tubi. 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 Fucking Tubi, man. Uh, thumbs up. Recommend. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. You gotta be in the mood for, like, some specific anime or well, I mean, work just, at anyone. Check I mean, it out and be surprised. Ju- just remember that it's gonna be violent and hypersexual, so. And, and, yeah. At mm. times. Well, not, it's not, not completely, just at times. When did it come out? When are these things made? Uh, I mean... I th- are they older 2000s. or so it's two thousands? Okay, it's not it's not that than like eighties, like older eighties. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Kite Liberator. Do you have to see the first kite to understand the second one? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Not really. Not I really. mean, it's still it just it's a it's a high school girl who kills people. All right, I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you need more backstory? No, no. High school girl kills people. Get it? Uh, Heard so, uh, on uh, on HBO Max. I watched Rick and Morty in the Eternal Nightmare Machine. All right, what's going on this here? Is a, this? this is a 17-minute short that is basically uh, a story of Rick and Morty going through the Eternal Nightmare Machine, but it, it, it looks more like a 16-bit or maybe 32-bit Rick and Morty video game. Yeah. Side-scroller, uh, like, beat-em-up, hack-and-slash. Mm-hmm. But, but it tells a story, but that's the style of how it's animated. The whole time? The whole thing. And and that's the way like they fight the creatures too like they're fighting them like it's a video game it's 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 like a seventeen minute 
Rick and Morty video game that you watch. No, is it's that weird? It's good though. You liked it? It's fucking crazy, man. <clears throat> okay, okay. It is bonkers. Really? Yeah. Interesting. They're going hard on the Rick and Morty um, marketing. You you see that Wendy's that got turned into a Morty's? No. That was big on on the TikToks on the social media. So some random Wendy's somewhere they they. Change the signage outside to say Morty's, and the Wendy's girl looked like uh, uh, Morty, but with like pigtails. And then the drive-through to get to the food, they put a covering around the whole thing and put up all this like these screens uh, with like green spirals to make I guess maybe look like you're going through the nightmare machine. Probably it could be directly related to any of this. Big deal. Uh, It's ridiculous. I'm I'm surprised. Well, I guess not that surprised. Remember that whole Cheswan. Yeah. Sauce thing. Uh-huh. That was absurd. It was. People are ridiculous. They're dumb. Um, did that season debut yet? I don't know. I think comes. I think it starts this week. If you say so. I think so. I think that's what my brother said. He said that starts this week. Um, I think he said Bosch starts this week. A whole new Bosch. You got Bosch. You got Bosch. Nobody ever says it, but every time I watch it, I think he says it. Right. <laughs> people should be saying that. Oh, shit. Just got Bosched. <laughs> Titus Welliver did what? He Bosched you, motherfucker. Um, yeah, so Bosch starts this week. Cool. Um, Looking forward to that. Is that it? Is that you... uh, and I, uh, well, yeah, well, so uh, yeah. Holy Moly started this week. Oh, did it? Hey, you yeah. know what? I saw season three. I saw marketing for that. 2D. Yeah. It, no, no see, they, they, did, they did. It's the third season, so it's Holy Moly 3D, but it's not in 3D. So it's Holy Moly 3D in 2D. That's fun. That's cute. I like the uh, the, the jokery about the titling. It's, it's so Shows so that they don't take themselves too uh, Well, yeah, too I mean, there's. Uh, We're just having a good time, you there, there, there's a hole with a giant woodpecker on it now, mm-hmm. and it's I think it's just called the pecker. So they make a lot of family friendly dick jokes the whole time. <laughs> family friendly dick <laughs> jokes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? That's a skill. <laughs> that, that's that's yeah. some real Bruce Valant shit to be uh-huh. able to like. We're gonna joke about genitalia, but it's good. even the Christian moms are gonna be like. No. Hey, hey, hey. Whatever that Rob Riggle, he's so it's Rob Riggle, right? Yeah. That Rob Riggle. Oh, I got a story about Rob Riggle in the hot goss segment. Okay, for the second half. I mean, he's human, so I'm sure he's a piece of shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> or he, is he not? <laughs> he, I think he may be on the other side of the piece oh, okay. of shittery. Yeah, gotcha. he may be a victim of some piece of shittery. We'll talk about that in the hot goss segment. It's mostly, uh, to be fair, this week's hot goss segment is mostly. Celebrities hooking up with their exes, <laughs> apparently. It happens. It happens, but uh, there is a little bit of Rob Riggle action going on. Um, anything else we got here? No, I think that's it. Okay. All right. Well, you hear, if you hear, I'm sure you hear that sound. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That means it's time for Chris Reed's Entertainment Weekly magazine, so you don't have to. That's right. Drusa Cogman came in, and I got it right here, baby. And uh, there's a couple things there that's actually kind of, uh, you know, there's words okay. that I can read for people so that they don't have to read this shit. Got Jason Sudeikis on that cover. This poor guy. Heartbroken. Look at this heartbreak. This picture is taken during his heartbreak period. You understand? You say so. It is because uh, Olivia Munn left him for Harry Styles. He's younger, better looking. Uh, probably richer probably richer pop star probably spends less money on marijuana than Sudeikis does yeah also also doesn't now she doesn't have to like sit through George Wentz stories uh, at Thanksgiving oh, Uncle George <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we got an Entertainment Weekly and it's a, a a summer guide episode he's on the cover for Ted Lasso Ted Apple, Lasso season Apple 2 TV. Apple TV 
Um, so I'll never watch it. People love that Ted Lasso, though. Like, they, they really, really rave about it. Really, really rave about it. But I got a few things there that I thought were kind of interesting. For example, poor I didn't play. Uh, talking about Bugs Bunny, you know, Space Jam 2 coming out. Uh, you know when Bugs Bunny was first in a movie, in a feature film? Goddamn 1949. Okay, sounds about right. Uh, he made a cameo in a movie called My Dream Is Yours. Uh, and it was his... Actually, that was his second appearance in the movie. He hopped into an animated sequence in the 1948 musical Two Guys from Texas. But it was his first time, in 49 was his first time appearing with like live action people. And uh, it was like a dance sequence type thing. And this was actually very interesting where it had here well, his rundown. Um, so he was in that. And then 1972, he was in What's Up Doc, which I think was a Woody Allen movie. And then uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Right, that makes sense. No. And then Space Jam. And the Space Jam 2. Uh, so he hasn't been in that many movies. Bugs Bunny. Iconic character, Bugs Bunny. I feel like, how come we don't celebrate Bugs Bunny the same way we do other uh, animated, like your Mickey Mouses? <clears throat> well, whatnot. I mean, especially in this day and age, he has a checkered past. He's uh, he's done some racist shit. He's done some racist stuff. He's done, he's, but he's he's also done some done racist some... stuff. He's done some sexist stuff. But then again, he's also been... He's been like, progressive in terms uh, of... Uh, cross-dressing, gender no. fluidity. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, he makes out with Elmer Fudd all the time. He's all about bringing out the homophobia in his villains uh-huh. by uh, just getting in touch with his feminine side. I don't know. Is he, you know he, he's a complicated cat. <laughs> Bugs Bunny. He's a complicated cat for being a, <laughs> for being a bunny. bunny. Yeah. Um, a birthday haiku for Harrison Ford. His, his birthday is July 13. All right, coming up for his birthday. We still Jones for you. You fly a ship like a boss. A plane? Not so much. hi So there we go. We get it. We got jokes at his almost death expense. Um, I highlighted that, but I'm going to skip it. Here we go. Moving on now to the next thing. That was just, yeah, that was just some random bullshit. bullshit. Uh, the must list. There's an interview here with uh, Justin Lin and Sung Kang about F9 and and about the return of Han the Han character to the Fast and Furious franchise who's apparently dead or not uh, yeah they had to, they redid the whole like retcon the whole timeline to make him a thing um, so it's a short interview but I pulled some things here first off the character people may not know this and it's a fun reason to bring this movie up the character of Han was originally in the movie Better Luck Tomorrow okay. Justin Lin's uh, coming of age like high school uh, like dark dramedy sort of thing did you ever see that one all it's like korean kids in a, a high school in la it's like just a typical kids getting fucked up having a good time um like kind of affluent but then like blowing their opportunity a little bit it's just that the quote twist is that there's korean american mm-hmm. you know uh, and it's justin lin and the character of han is in this movie okay and then when they did tokyo drift he was writing this character. He's like, I'm just writing Han. And they said, Why? Well, I just call my boy. We'll just do it. We'll just put Han in the fucking Tokyo Drift. So technically, he's from Better Luck Tomorrow. Okay. So people should, should check that out. Um, if you want to be a Han completist. And then, yeah, if you want to be a Han completist, exactly. And then, uh, Son Kang says in this interview, When we were shooting Tokyo Drift, I went to visit Justin, and he had an office with chairs and a little fridge with different types of Snapple. I go, You got free Snapple. We made it, dude. <laughs> like that that, yeah. that was enough to impress him. Back, imagine that. How funny. You set your sights. Um blah, blah, blah. Oh, this is interesting. After Tokyo Drift, this is Justin Lin. I told the studio I'm done. So he made that one movie and was like, I'm just gonna move on. And it's so funny how many he ended up making. 
Um, I was driving up to San Francisco with my wife and Sung, and we stopped in this tiny town for lunch. All of a sudden, these kids swarmed Sung, and were like, Han, it was the first time feeling that impact. I was driving back after lunch and said, God, it's too bad Han is dead. Sung looked at me and said, does he have to be, though? <laughs> I had my flip phone, and I called Universal and said, I'm in. Uh, and then Sung Kang, this is uh, pretty interesting. He said, um, to transcend race and have kids recognize you in a positive way, that affected us. They're not saying, oh, it's the Asian guy. Like, no, it's Han, my friend. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so that's why, you know, they killed the character and they're like, shit. We gotta bring him back. <laughs> he can't be dead. What do we do? Uh, I'm looking forward to F9. Tokyo Drift is... 20 years in the future, okay? (laughs) Han just hasn't aged, that's all. But then, yeah, but still, but he's aged. Oh, boy, he's aged. Look at him. Have you seen that trailer? He's aged. Uh, Here we go. Moving on now to, um, so they have this whole section. The meat of of this thing is 99 ways to spend 99 days and just 99 different things, uh, you know, for whatever, for summer. Number 52 is uh, a page on the Suicide Squad. Uh, James Gunn refers to it as a war caper movie with shitty supervillains. Mm-hmm. So, Sounds about right. When you go into the movie, you think about it that way. Yeah. And speaking of the war aspect, um, Margot Robbie said, it was the first set we shot on. No, she said, the first set we shot on was this beach. It was so amazing. Palm trees, an ocean with a wave machine, pyrotechnic special effects, explosions everywhere. It was like being in a proper crazy war movie. Fun. Uh, so that scene where I guess they're on a beach in the, in the tropics somewhere and there's oceans and all this waves and shit, that's all on a set. That's fucking crazy. That's a big ass set, man. I'm looking forward to seeing that movie. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. Um, Drew, we're going to play a game here. Which summer song are you? Okay. Okay. Uh, it depends on your post-quarantine plans mm-hmm. to see what song or song are you. So we're going to take this quiz. Um, are you ready to leave the house? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Um, where are you going? Here are three options. Are you going to aimlessly drive around? Are you going to the beach? Or are you going to the club? Uh, I guess aimlessly driving around. Well, then your summer song is Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. That sounds awful. That's who you are. That is your summer song um let me see am i ready to leave the house no what are you doing at home i have date night mourn a breakup solo dance party um i guess i'm gonna do uh what's a tough choice solo dance party how old are you under 25 over 25 i'm over 25 Whatever song Drake drops this summer. <laughs> okay, you're, so, you're having a solo dance party to Drake. All right, and it's like whatever song he does. So I'm at his at his women mercy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's not that. That was stupid. Um, let's see here. Moving on into a little further, we got this uh, blurb here with Don Cheadle, where he talks to him about uh, like what once or two eight different roles that he's done, uh, kind of a career retrospective. Because he's gonna be in Space Jam, so that's why. Um, item number four was Ocean's Eleven. This is funny. Uh, he regretted agreeing to doing a Cockney accent for oh, the sure. role. Uh, he says, "Quote: They're out playing basketball and poker. I'm sitting in the trailer with the speech dude." Yeah, that does seem like a mistake. No, everyone's just hanging out, having a good time, and I'm like over here trying to be like, "Oh, a basher! I'm the I'm a, yep. I'm a <laughs> fellow over here." Um, and this is interesting. There was talk of a fourth movie, but the reason it got uh, kiboshed was the death of Bernie Mac. 
very no. specifically. He died, and Soderbergh was like, ugh. Nope, not doing this anymore. Uh, but very recently, according to Cheadle, he floated the idea to him and said that there may be a way to do it again. So uh, I think they worked together on this new Soderbergh has a movie about to come out on HBO with like a thousand different Oh, yeah, people. it looks good. I'll, I'll yeah, see that. With Brendan Fraser. Yeah. yeah, I think Cheadle's in that. So that's probably what they were talking about recently. Um, and here we go. Let's wrap this baby up with... Uh, oh, is, that's not... Is this an article? Or is that something that I just wanted to... Actually I, I, read. No, I just wanted to point out how I like... Um, I think Lucky Strike has the best uh, cigarette marketing, the classiest brand. Make it smooth. Yeah. Make it lucky. Look at that. Like this. By the way, Surgeon General's warning, you're going to die if you smoke these. Yeah, don't worry about that. So there's like... The, I like the, the simplicity of the huh? logo and the cleanness of it. <clears> and their, their marketing has always been very good. And, and also, I am shocked, shocked that they still advertise cigarettes in magazines. And, hey, man, just... And it's still allowed. Just just be glad we're not in Europe where they have the pictures of the black lungs and the mouth cancer on all the cigarette packs. Yeah, that's it's gross. A real, it's a real fucking bummer. That's gross, man. If Especially I, when I'm on vacation. Yeah, if I had like... <laughs> if I ran a bodega, I'd be like, uh, here are the cigarettes and here's some like cheap stickers to like slap on your gross cigarette packs or whatever where you have to like have a, a clip thing that empty out the cigarettes and put them in your own cigarette That's holder. I don't have one. A cigarette holder? Yeah. Why not? Because I have to take them out of one pack and put them in another. Yeah, but it's a cool one that then you flip open and then like you, you tap the cigarette against it a couple times, you know, because it makes you look um, debonair. But I, I pre-pack the whole pack when I get it well you pre-pack to... you pre-pack the whole pack but then you do a little no that's more of a visual thing so people be like this guy he smokes this guy's cool he's got dialogue <laughs> this cancer guy, this guy is maybe cool. mouth cancer this guy is cool as fuck <laughs> i want to hang out with him for sure faux show um okay we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna be back with uh, we have an email that we're gonna read Ledger's going to read. And then a whole bunch of news stories. So uh, let's take this break. And we shall return with the second half of Cinema Crespariso. of Cinema Crespity Show, as you can tell, you have found a podcast is in the natural element of self-malaise and general unappeasement. Jusakagba, how are you? You and the fucking weird voices again. <laughs> sort of a, trying to go for like a David Attenborough, sort of. Like a, like you gotta a be planet, way more like British. Planet, way planet more Earth. British. 
you're thinking, you're thinking that proper British, the proper British. The Queens. The Queens, the Queens English. The, <laughs> the bullshit language known as the Queens. It's a little too wide, <coughs> wide mouth, wide mouth. My mouth is too squishing to, I feel like. Well, it's very waspy. I'm more of a, a cockney, or lazy mouth, lazy jaw kind of. I'm going to slur my words together and you just, you can figure it out later. You know? That kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that just drunk? Oh, That's a little more. Se- it's a little more sexy, and you kind of look at him. Get got the sexy beast look going. Or, or Ray Winstone. Ray, <laughs> yeah. Winstone. Ray Winstone. Is he yeah. my new spirit animal? Am I gonna have to go? You're for You're gonna Ray have to Winstone? get a gold chain. Gold. God. Damn it, you gold chain. I tell. I'm off telling mic, you. Off mic for the look. To be complete. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> off mic. Drew is really selling me hard on the gold chain look to complete my mic. Just hair's too wispy. It doesn't know. matter. The gold chain makes it, it makes everything, it's, everything else is forgivable. It puts all the, the right and fast mm-hmm. on everything else. Well, maybe just for recording. <laughs> just saying. Uh, Cinema Crespediso. Instagram is the name <laughs> of the handle. Follow us there, you must. Hmm. Yes, follow us, you must. Um, Crespediso on Twitter, Cinema Crespediso on TikTok, and uh, patreon.com slash Crespediso. Sign up today for new episodes. New episodes every Friday. We just put out Batman Forever. We are halfway through our 12 months of Batman. Good golly, Miss Molly. Uh, we're it, it's it's wild, crazy wild stuff, and we're enjoying it. I think we are. And there's uh, the email address at cinemacrespediso at gmail.com. Email us and we'll read it on the show. Got an email from Scott. Oh my God, just like this. What's up, Scott? Scott, Scott, Scott. Uh, it's Loki and Owen Wilkins' incredible schnoz. Wow. All right. Wow. Just two episodes in. I think we all can agree that Loki is such a dope show. Yeah. But is it just me or has the set design and the particular lighting of the show exposed, exposed even more? Amazing peculiarities of Owen Wilson's already remarkable nose. Mm. I'd like to think I've seen most of his movies, seen every angle of that glorious, jacked-up proboscis, but damn, it seems like Loki has illuminated heretofore unexplored nooks and crannies, especially in episode one. I know this is not the only... I know this is not one of the foretelling Easter eggs that everyone else is looking for in every goddamn frame of the show, but the only, but I, the only one noticing the awesome gift we've been given. Take care, guys. Scott. P.S. Come on, Drew. Just start watching the weekly episodes like the rest of us. You're really missing out on most of the fun. The, um, I feel like I was actually wondering legitimately watching the first episode. I was like, did they add more to his nose? I generally wondered if they... I don't know. Like, is there a prosthetic part where they made his nose even bigger and bumpier and weirder? Like, how the hell did that happen? Maybe he broke it a couple more times. Maybe maybe he slipped and fell or something we just don't know about. Now his his nose has a new look. Um, Wow, yeah, he's a delight. Thanks, thanks. Wow. It's hard, man. He's got a thing, though. Tom, There's a funny video of Tom Hiddleston doing a really good... Like, what if Owen Wilson was Loki? This Hiddleston guy is pretty good, man. This is a charming motherfucker. He's got a, he's doing it. Yeah, man, I, it's a great show. I agree, Drew. You should start watching it. Just start watching it week to week, like the rest of us, and then we can talk about it. That'd be fun. We'll see. <laughs> That's a no. Uh, thank you, Scott. We appreciate it, buddy. And uh, we have a Facebook group, and I put up a comment slash question thread every week. And if you want, you can use it. And if you don't want to use it, that's fine. And no one uses it this week, so that's good. Guys, just get on Facebook. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's a terrible. 
It's a terrible place. Get off it's it. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's a terrible place. It's terrible. It's just a terrible place. Charles Barkley was all like on TV, but like, I can't make fun of fat people in San Antonio anymore. Like, all right, all right, Charles. That's your whatever you say. That's your big gripe, buddy. That's your that's a big issue you have with making millions of dollars. You fucking giant, giant, man. you goddamn giant weirdo. Round man of rebound. Speaking of giant men, have you seen uh, the picture of The Rock hanging out with Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley? <laughs> no, I haven't. The, the caption for the picture is "Now I know how Kevin Hart feels." Oh, because he, The Rock, looks like Kevin Hart in this picture but, because Shaq and Charles Barkley are such massive individuals. Yeah. Yeah, they're huge. There's a there's a meme I saw. Like it, like it, it, it generally end. It pretty much ends with like there's always someone bigger, and pretty much ends with a picture of Shaq sitting next to Yao Ming. Pretty much, and yeah. how and Yao Ming made Shaq look like Kevin Hart. Like, <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. But then I'm like, but there's no one after Yao Ming. I mean, not right like, now. Like people bigger than that are they're like laid up in hospitals dying because their organs can't keep up with the blood flow or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we reach a human limit. I think in terms of... At a certain point in time, yeah, you need... uh, The heart needs to get bigger. The lungs need to get bigger just to supply. Right. And then that'll kill you. That's what killed the Andre the Giant. Mm -hmm. Things just kept getting bigger. It's like, I can't can't keep this up. This is nonsense. Died at the age of like 40-something. This episode dedicated to the memory of Andre uh, the Giant. What was that name? Rufin? Rufin? Rufio? Rufio? Had a French last name. Because he was French. Because he was French. Hey, big up Saluka. That's Italian. So, I mean, close enough, right? <laughs> Europe, who gives a shit? <laughs> Hashtag no more borders, man. <laughs> uh, all right, I have so many. I don't know why I'm dicking around because I legit have too much stuff to talk about here. The, uh, just an update from last week. We talked about this Andrew Nichol movie, the guy who did um, Killing Them Softly, mm-hmm. Assassination of Jesse James. He wants to do this movie about the Christchurch massacre of a bunch of Muslims getting shut down in, in Austra- New Zealand in 2019. Uh, but the movie was going to center on the PM's response and reaching out to the communities and everything and how the communities came together afterwards. And uh, and then everyone was like, boo, we don't want this. White Savior, White Savior. Yeah, White Savior is terrible. And then even the PM was like, they didn't talk to me about this. I don't even want this. Like, this is a bad idea. One of the producers, like, she dropped out. She's like, I can't make this movie. Like, <laughs> so I think this whole thing may fall apart. It might yep. not even happen. But it's very funny. I just want to. It is. Uh, also, speaking of funny, um, funny, haha, irony in a way, sort of like, you know, you, you can always try hard and you still may get caught out on shit. Um, in the Heights. Has, has its own little bit of casting controversy where it is set in a, a Dominican-centric neighborhood in New York City. Um, and the movie is about the gentrification of said neighborhood. Uh, and a lot of people are like, well, where are the Afro-Latino uh, characters? Like, how come they're all relegated to background dancers and uh, none of your characters... The, the darkest complexion on screen is still like the color of a uh, cafe con leche, you no. know. You know, we're 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 all the, the dark skinned people, and uh, Justin Lin, who was just coming off of Crazy Rich Asians, where he was like all the dark skinned no. Asians were like stereotypical roles. He's like, my bad. Now he did, did this movie, <laughs> and then he, so he was just again like, my bad. Like he <laughs> like he doesn't. I- I'll support minorities, yeah. the light-skinned ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like even within the communities, man, it's crazy. 
Uh, and then Lin Manuel Miranda, like he was for his uh, part, he at least he was like, I hear you, my brothers and sisters, and I would strive to work better. I mean, he's been working on this since 2008, yeah. but still, I strive to work better in the future. So he's trying to like get ahead of it in the best way possible. Yeah. I listen, I'm listening. Yeah. Uh, but then, like one actress, one of the actresses, one of the darker skinned ones too, she was like, uh, you know, there's t- plenty of actually no, someone else who said this. There's plenty of. Uh, like darker skinned actors and actresses trying out. Like I saw them in the audition rooms and she said that thinking that somehow make it better. Like, no, we saw everyone available and we just quote, pick the best people for each role who just happened to be the lightest skin we could find. And that's the line. People always hear <laughs> darker skinned people always hear that line over and over. Oh, we're just picking people based on their merits. Like, Oh, based on their merits, every single person happens to be white as fuck. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't help their case. And then Rita Marino, who, uh, Puerto Rican actress, right? Who she won. Oh, I, I, yeah. She won best supporting actress for West side story back okay. in the day. Um, uh, a role for which they darkened her skin because she's a lighter skin actress and yeah. they darkened her skin to make her look more Puerto Rican to play Maria right exactly um, she initially defended Manuel Miranda and she was like no they picked the best people available blah blah I don't know what all is that and then like two days later she was like the headlines were Marita, Rita Marino backtrack she was like no I'm sorry I misspoke blah 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 I should have said that uh, people were just like stepping in it and then quickly stepping out <laughs> like, oh, shit, this is this is a spicy spicy topic yeah um, um, but it's true though, man. Like Puerto Ricans, I remember having a conversation with Kevin once off mic, uh, like between segments on SBK. It was right around when Will Ferrell's Casa Demi Padre came out, mm-hmm. and he was like, "How come that's not brownface? How come he's playing a Spanish character? How come he's not? People aren't up in arms about that." And uh, at the time, at least, I, I was like, "Well, part of the reason is that the Hispanic culture, like brownface, is not really a thing because, I mean, in that way." Because it's like uh, the whole we cover the whole spectrum. Spanish people can be white as hell and black as and hell and black as black <laughs> as fuck, man. My my step grandfather was a, a very dark skinned black man, a black Puerto Rican man. Didn't speak any English, no. uh, but he married my my grandmother, who was a widow at the time. And God bless, God bless him, took care of that lady. Very nice of him. So, Acevedo, this episode is dedicated in the memory of Andre the Giant. <laughs> Rusevov, Rusevov, Rusevov. I think it's like French Russian actually was his last name. Okay. And Romanov and uh and my step grandfather Acevedo um I don't know his last name. <laughs> I never knew his last name. Yeah. That could be the last name actually. Acevedo <laughs> last name? I don't think so. Maybe that was the first name. He was a very nice guy. Um so yeah, it's out there man. People try people try and he still falls short sometimes and and it's fine it's fine to try and fall short just you gotta just keep trying, and then it's fine to get called out, and then be like, "Okay, I hear your criticisms. You don't gotta uh, like put up walls about it. You can learn from it." I don't know. It's all it's all complicated out there. Uh, meanwhile, um, in the Heights, only made like eleven million dollars opening weekend, and people were hoping that would make a little bit more money just on, yeah. on a box office wide thing. And, and the conversation was, "Well, did putting that on streaming hurt it? Did people decide to stay home for In the Heights as opposed to whatever?" And um, one of the higher ups, like the president of programming, essentially at HBO, was like, "Oh, well, how about just consider this um, when a movie." Is hits big in theaters like Kong uh, versus Godzilla, and what was the other one um, that they just uh, The Conjuring? Like if those movies do well at the box office, they also do well on HBO Max. If they don't do well at the box office, they also like the correlation yeah. is one to one. There is not one where it, it does much better than the other. 
so the fact that in the heights, just by saying that in the heights, not doing too well box office wise, means not too many people are also clicking on it uh, streaming wise, mm-hmm. which is very very interesting. So uh, HBO confirming that just putting things out day and date like that, it's not necessarily eating into their own thing. It's not that much. Uh, pe- if people want to see it in theaters, they will. They're going to see it. Um, a Quiet Place Part 2, first $100 million box office movie since the whole pandemic bullshit. So uh, there you go. People are coming back to theaters. They just want good movies. Yeah. That's all they want. And Quiet Place Part 2 has good like word of mouth, especially the ending. So it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go and see that. It's fun. It's, it's, a fine, it's fine enough for most of the movie. And then good ending. And then credits. Yeah. 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 That, that's, that's the recipe for a hit these days. Um, also, speaking of a hit, uh, Harvey Weinstein hit with the L.A. Uh, DA's office because he is getting extradited to Los Angeles to face yes. five more charges of sexual assault. Woo-hoo! Yes. Uh, f- currently serving 21 or 23 years or something in New York mm-hmm. for um, on sexual assault Ooh, and, so and which, rape which charges. Co- which coast is he going to be incarcerated in? Well, f- yeah, they'll, f- they'll probably do is they'll try <laughs> him, find him guilty, Add another 20, 30 years on. And then they'll be like, right, send him back to New York to finish his 20 years. And then he'll come over and here then, when he's done. And then when that's done, yeah. then he can serve here. So by then, he'll be uh, dead. dead. <laughs> yes. That's what you get for being a gross penis monster. <laughs> that's what you get. He got away with it for a really long time. I mean, I guess it's sad that his mom didn't hug him enough when he was a baby. But uh, still, fucking, yeah. he's gross. Um, Pixar. Their next movie is called Turning Red. And it's about a little girl who, uh, uh, when she gets excited or angry, or and no, I think it's just when she gets excited, she turns into a big red panda. Okay. Cool. That's all I know about it. And Pixar said, in 2022, it's going to be only in theaters. Well, it's a big red panda. I yes. I mean, that sounds very Chinese to me. It does. That sounds like, hey, we're, <laughs> we're going for a glo- quote, global hit here. Um but uh, after Soul and Luca both went straight to Disney Plus, like not even with an extra thirty dollar add on, just yeah. straight. Here you go. Uh, this is more of like a showing Pixar. Hey, you, we still care about your art and what you guys do, and we want you to still continue to make movies for theaters, you know, as opposed to yeah. just something to be watched on people's tablets uh, in the back of a van on long road trips, you know, that type of shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, this movie, Turning Red, twenty twenty two, Pixar's first uh, theatrical release since onward which was kind of Ugh. kind of bombing yeah. at the box office for on Pixar standards and then the pandemic shut shit down uh so they they dumped it onto Disney Plus really fast so that's sort of like uh uh they they whitewashed on the fence like they, I mean, they they cleaned over the dirt like okay this is fine. I mean I'm glad that I got to watch Soul during the pandemic but I have a feeling that that would have done a lot better in theaters. Absolutely. It would have been great in theaters, and especially coming out around like Thanksgiving, Christmas, or whatever, yeah. that, that time of year. I, I think people really mm. would have responded to it well. I think so. It would have been it would have been a little bit bigger. Um, Helen Hunt apparently has an idea for Twister. That's like some... She just called it a multiracial idea. Uh, that was then rejected by Universal uh, very recently. And the reason why uh, the idea she came up with is, quote multiracial is because she's on the um stars series based on the blind spotting movie okay did you know that there's a blind spotting show no there's apparently a blind spotting show okay good for them 
Yeah. Uh, David Diggs. Diggs. David Diggs. Yeah. And this other guy. What's this other guy's name? Uh, he's, uh, Rafael Casal. Yeah, he did, uh, he did blind spotting. Apparently, he was in Hamilton. Yes, he's, I guess. he plays uh, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, and he's in the Snowpiercer TV show that yes. I still haven't watched. Yeah, he's the even, uh, even the, though I can on HBO Max. He's the leader of the uh, of the people. He's like the Chris Evans type. No, he's Captain America. He's Captain. He's the Captain he, America. He eats babies. The, the, the babies taste the best. <laughs> it's like babies taste the best. And he's crying, and you're like, "This is the end of our our big sci-fi movie." <laughs> babies taste the best. And Ed Harris is like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> I need their little hands to scoop out <laughs> dirt from this pipe. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Great. Goddamn great movie. So, uh, they uh, are the creator of the show, and Helen Hunt is on the show, and she had an idea with them to do a new version of Twister, but she says that Universal said, no, thank you. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe tornadoes aren't cool anymore. Maybe. Maybe they already have some sort of twister idea, no. and they're like secretly working on it. And like, no, we super have, twister. We have our own super twister, and it's gonna start nothing but white people, nothing but the white people. Dan Harmon, meanwhile, talking about how uh, the Lego Batman sequel, why, what it's about, and why it's not happening. Um, this is all kind of newish information, but apparently the screenplay was sort of a take on The Godfather Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Where it was going to be Batman uh, working with the Justice League, but then flashing back to him forming the yeah. Justice League. Uh, he, quote unquote, forming the Justice yeah, League. Right? And then also uh, it was going to focus a lot on his relationship with Superman, so he probably got a lot of Channing Tatum Superman in it. And uh, the reason Drew Sakagwin, that then the movie got... got the brakes uh, got splashed with the water. It got thrown off the edge of a cliff in a sack, a tied sack, burlap sack into a river where the river then took it away down to a waterfall. I'm trying to explain that this thing is dead, dead, dead. Uh, the rights to Lego have switched. Okay. From Warner Brothers to Universal. Ah, okay. So no more. Mm-mm, not no, from them. No more nothing from uh, Warner Brothers. Now expect, I don't know, uh, Uni- uh, Lego Fast and Furious. I mean, what, whatever they have Lego versions of that aren't DC characters. Uh, Lego Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lego Back to the Future. Probably. I'm just trying to think of things at Universal Studios at the actual yeah. theme park. Lego. And add Lego to it, yeah. Uh, ironically, Harry Potter is uh, Warner Brothers. It's pretty funny. Man, Warner Brothers, they really fucked up in the theme park game. All them Six Flags out there. Now they got this goddamn theme park albatross around their neck where people can go to see shitty, uh, like, Looney Tunes characters walking around. Like, why is Bugs Bunny so dirty? You know, you go to Disney, everything's perfect. You know, at Universal, the animatronics are a little hinky. But, again, <laughs> you know, these things were made 10 years ago. Sure, it's hinky. You go to fucking Six Flags, and it's just, like, nothing but steel <laughs> and, like, dirty costumes oh. and... Uh, Oh, Six Flags. Yeah, but people, but so many Six Flags was huge in the nineties. Gigantic in the nineties. Huge. It had that uh, that that weird guy in all their commercials. It was like right. Was not the same thing. Yeah. Um, Disney and and nobody went to fucking Disney anymore. No. Disney blew. Disney did suck. Unless you were a kid. If you were a kid, Disney was heaven on earth. But if you were not a child, even now, this just starts selling liquor, more liquor and alcohol around the Disney parks. So, uh, let's get into some more pertinent movie news. Uh, Vin Diesel was hanging out with James Cameron. So, people are like, yo, Vin Diesel, are you in Avatar in these sequels? He's like, we haven't started filming yet. I haven't filmed anything with him. Avatar 
yeah. seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Expect Vin Diesel to pop up in an Avatar sequel one day if, um, you know, again, the water world, the water wars doesn't just end everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's on its way. Have you seen the West? <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. Sort of making me nervous, Drew. The um, the it's all right. It's all right. All you have to do is bow to Zephyr Hills, and you'll get all the water you want. Nestle actually has Nestle. Their, okay, so yeah. you got to bow to Nestle, and you'll get all the water you want. You would think it'd be Zephyr Hills, right? But Nestle's already in there. Like, uh, well, I mean, who 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 owns Zephyr? Because that's that comes from Zephyr Hills, Florida. Yeah, I know it's right just there. down the road. Yeah, it's right there. So. As long as, you know, we can take that from the corporate overlords, then we'll be fine. <laughs> the corporate overlords. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you, corporate overlords. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. This episode dedicated to the memory of corporate overlords. <laughs> um, check out this poster for Rocky Four Director's Cut, uh, Rocky versus Drago. What an awkward, awkward title. Um, it makes sense, though, considering it's Soviet era, a Soviet-era movie. Propaganda. I mean, yes, but no. Doing sort of a shepherd like, fairy kind of thing. It it, it looks. Give me, come on, know. give me a graphic design review of this. For some reason, it doesn't do it for me. I mean, it, it hits all the. It's, is it is it too it's, busy? It's it's the right color. It's the right this. It's the right that. It's just I don't know for for whatever reason. Is it a little too it's much? just not good enough. Is it the two guys? I don't know. It just looks. It looks amateur. It looks like something I would make, which is very amateur. <laughs> oh, Drew, come on. It's, it's still. It's very amateur. True. I'm looking for something better All right, okay. in a movie poster. This is from the official Sly Stallone um, Instagram account. I mean, I get what they're going for, but I think they could have did. Think they could have done a better job. He showed a poster, and his poster said, "Opening in theaters November 11th, widescreen and 4K." And that's all in caps. So proud of all the technicians that did a great job in bringing this film and battle back to life in an amazing way. Thank you, poster by Joe Um. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go see this hunk of shit. I'm gonna go see this hunk of shit. And, and, and apparently, he took out the robot. Like you should be adding more robot. He took the robot out. Happy birthday, Polly! How did you <laughs> take that robot out, man? I took the robot out, but I'll put in more of a, a dog. It was a dog now. Um, this is just for uh, your physical media lovers out there. The fewer and fewer of us that exist, but Sony is putting out a limited edition box set. Of uh, updated Blu-rays, 4K Blu-rays, um, and it's an interesting mix of movies. Drew, okay, Oliver, Stripes, Anatomy of a Murder, Sense and Sensibility, Taxi Driver, and The Social Network. Yeah, the only thing tying all those together are that they are Columbia films. That is it. <laughs> but those have all been chosen for. Uh, As weird. That full Blu-ray restoration. Uh, the set will also feature twenty short films. The short films include like there's Three Stooges stuff in here. Uh, this name Charlie Chase keeps popping up. So these are all the shorts that would like play in front of movies yeah. that they used to do back in the day when they had longer programs. Something called the Telltale Heart would have to be an Edgar Allan Poe uh, adaptation, right? Um, and also more recent stuff such as Puppy. A Hotel Transylvania short. So that's, uh, you know, they're making a fourth one of those Hotel Transylvania movies. Good for Gendy Tartakovsky. I know, right? Hopefully that will cash in fund in. something awesome. He's fully, fully I mean, he took in. all that money and made Primal, and I was just like, yes. Yeah. Barbarian. Yeah, maybe. Dog. Maybe that, maybe <laughs> that helped him make dinosaur. Primal. Maybe that helped him make well, Primal. Well, apparently there's a second season of Primal that got greenlit, so. Oh, cool. 
It's like, oh. I got to watch that first season then. Oh, dude. Um, this collector said will also include an 80 page book that details the making of all six of those movies. And there's like essays in there from film writers and shit. So that's uh, quite intense. It will be available September 14th. Columbia Classics. I mean, if you if you need some anim- super animated violence, I do. There you go. You I should do. watch that. It's on HBO Max. It is on HBO Max. Gotta watch Infinity Train first. Right. Tell me when. Now. Damn it. I'm not right now. We're recording something. I know. Um, Jason Momoa talking Dune. He took his kids to see Dune. Good for them. For, the, for a screening. Lucky fucks. I know, right? Um, I mean, I'm sure they don't get it all, but... That's so funny you say that. Here's his quote, talking to Jimmy Fallon. I got to see it. It was really cool because my kids were here, and so we got to take them. The first time I got to see something like that with my kids. It's a very adult movie, but so beautiful. So, yeah, sort of like, maybe a little too adult for the kids. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but he got to see it. He got to see it. Good and then um, it's confirmed that Dune will premiere at the uh, Venice Film Festival in September, ahead of its release in October. So Dune is coming, baby! Just a few months away. Looking forward to that. Looking forward, very much looking forward to that. Okay, uh, talking about uh, the Suicide Squid. David Dasmalshian, the guy who plays the polka dot guy, that mm-hmm. weird-looking dude. Nah, yeah. uh, the awful supervillain. Yeah, one of the awful ones. He got to see the Suicide Squad. And now, take this for a grain of salt, right? It's like, the guys in the movie has a... A, a stake. A stake, you know, wants people to see it, okay. Um, quote, I have just gotten to see the film, and it is so incredible, so mind-blowing, so beautiful, so brutal, and so bold. I cannot wait for people to get to see the film. It's something that is going to be, I think, audience will be roaring, and I can't wait to see it live in a theater with audiences. I mean, it's going to be... It's It's... Another James Gunn ensemble superhero, but supervillain movie. So he gets yeah. to have more fun. Be- a, it's rated R. Yeah. And B, it's supervillains. So he gets to have a little bit more. It's going to be a little more James Gunny than, yes. yeah. than Guardians of the Galaxy. It's but be, just as good. It's going to be closer to the OG James Gunn uh, aesthetic of the uh, you know, more dirtier, grimier, R rated stuff no. versus the, the friendlier uh, Marvel stuff, right? No. Um, Greenland. Getting a sequel. Drew, Drew just, Drew just, Drew, come back. Drew, it's, no, come on. It's so, we're, we're, we still got to do the show. Why? Uh, he almost left. The, um, because it made like, how, Gerard much, Butler's how, much, how much money did it make? Gerard Butler's got to be here? executive producing these movies. He probably is for sure. Um, uh, I, the, the first one came out during the pandemic and like it came out around September uh, October maybe and it like made okay money like considering when it came out and all that and then uh, I think it's getting good uh, like home video streaming clicks and whatnot uh, it's getting enough uh, enough interest in it that everyone is on board for a sequel Greenland colon migration in which uh, now spoiler for Greenland the family that survives at the end of the movie is still some, alive uh, yeah they're still alive in a bunker in Greenland now they all have to like all those people gotta leave that bunker uh, and like make some sort of perilous journey to find their new home where they're gonna settle in this now decimated earth Greenland colon migration it sounds awful doesn't it doesn't it sound awful? Can't wait to stream it on HBO <coughs> in two years. Um, Indiana Jones 5, set images confirm Indiana Jones walking around, Harrison Ford walking around with... um A cane? All those... Yeah, 
practically all those dots all those digital tracking dots Man, all over his body de-age is stupid ass we're gonna have a cartoon Harrison Ford I have a feeling this is I mean as much some as of it, some of it's gonna look good some of it's gonna look good some of it's gonna look wonky I mean, just as much to, as I like Indiana Jones like I don't think this is gonna be good at all I don't think so right it's, it's gonna be a wonky weird movie uh, we'll just have to enjoy for what it is and then make fun of it eventually so uh, we have some updates on the Toxic Avenger movie. Peter Dinklage gonna be the new Toxie. We have a bad guy cast, and it's Kevin Bacon. Fun, yeah. Decidedly not toxic. Kevin Bacon he seems yeah. like a nice guy. Kevin Bacon, like no one really has any complaints about the dude. A yeah. uh, big uh, uh, James Gunn guy. Uh, uh, him and uh, uh, Bacon, big fan. He was the bad guy in Super. Great scene where he's clearly like drugged up after a night of partying and he's just eating eggs at the breakfast table and he's like these eggs are so good like what do you salt pepper what do you use come on what's the secret and she's like eating them foot tapping all crazy um Kevin Bacon will be in the new Toxie Avenger looking forward to that eventually Knives Out 2 uh and me that's funny. That's a funny way to put this. So there's this chick, Jessica Henwick. Um, this uh, this lady. I mean, she's just some lady. Jessica Henwick, okay. this lady. She has been cast in uh, The Matrix 4. Right? Okay. She's going to be one of the leads she, of that, actually. She, she looks like she could lead a Matrix movie. <laughs> right, that picture. Right? Yeah, with Blue that hair. picture, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she's, I get it. she's uh, in The Matrix, and maybe based off that or Buzz or whatever, Industry Buzz, uh, she got cast in Knives Out 2. Okay. To recap, the cast of Knives Out 2. Daniel Craig, right? Dave Bautista, Janelle Monae, Catherine Han, Han uh, Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, uh, and Ed Norton. That's crazy. No. Sounds and, like it's going to be fun. And now this lady, who's going to be in this and the Matrix. And you're like, this lady looked familiar. Then she's in the Matrix. Oh, that's why. So. Jessica Hedwig. I'm, I'm stalling because I went too far. Um, next story. Here we go. Drew, can you believe that uh, Zoe Kravitz is making her directorial debut with a movie called Pussy Island? Okay. Uh, and her. she cast Channing Tatum in the role of a tech billionaire who owns the island. Okay. Um, this is from uh, the con market or, uh, or head of the con market. This is like a con film festival deal. Uh, Zoe Kravitz wrote this thriller with a couple other people and uh, Frida is a young clever LA cocktail waitress uh, her eyes on the prize is a philanthropist tech mogul Slater King that's Shane Tatum um, she joins an intimate gathering on his private island and, uh, and then there's more than we did some sort of thriller but it's called Pussy Island okay and he plays ostensibly I guess the bad guy then also apparently during one of their early meetings uh, Zoe Kravitz he showed up in Crocs and she was like do not wear those you you cannot wear Crocs and he's like no but they're cool they're they're, they're in shoe right now and she was like well she was like no they're the in shoe they're maybe the in shoe at the moment but you cannot wear those and he was like okay then fine I won't wear Crocs anymore so okay yeah they're all pretty ridiculously hot. Yeah. It's weird how they were hot like 15 years ago, and now they're hot again. And the uh little gems, little charms to put in there, little gibbets they call them. They call them gibbets. You know how they have the holes, right? The cracks mm-hmm. have the holes. They sell things to put in the holes. 
We could we could sell cinema crespediso croc gibbets. Okay. That cranberry juice really It's tart. Really gets me in the back of the <laughs> back of the mouth. It's so good. Mm, it's so good, but it makes speaking hard. Um Colin Farrell, Rachel Weiss, the Lobster Co stars reuniting for a Todd Salons movie. Love Child, Todd Salons. Did you ever see the movie Happiness? From the nineties, late nineties. School bus full of kids. Boy. It's Steve Vecchi's favorite movie. Just to give you an idea of okay. uh, how not right the movie is. <laughs> it's not right, that movie. Todd Salons' Happiness. Definitely recommend that. Um, he's got a movie coming out called Love Child and uh, Vice and Pharaoh reuniting. That's going to be fun. Good for them. Meanwhile, Ewan McGregor making a movie about the original dudes who climbed Mount Everest. Okay. Where he's going to play one of those... Uh, dudes. One of those dudes. Yeah. Not the one that everyone knows, but like the other one. It's weird. Okay. It's a weird choice. One of them's like George, Sir George or whatever. And like, no, not him. The other guy. Oh, okay. It's like making a movie about Michael Collins. Like the dude who was just floating in the spaceship outside of actually getting on the moon, I guess, maybe. Didn't that dude just die? I don't know. This episode dedicates to the memory of Andre the Giant. <laughs> um, what was the other person I said? Fuck. Your step-grandfather? Oh, yeah, Acevedo. Oh, <laughs> shit, my step-grandpa. Abuela. Abuela. And Abuela. And her, too, because she's dead also. They're all dead. They're, Everybody's dead. They're all dead. Everybody's dead, Chris. This episode in the memory of all those people. Wherever they're. <laughs> wherever they're. If they're listening. If you're listening, then stop listening. This is not for you guys. That's weird. Yeah, stop that. You guys are weird. Um, Alfonso Cuaron's son, Jonas Cuaron, has a movie coming out for Netflix called Chupa, uh, where it sounds like it's almost sounds like a family movie. Some kids come across a chupacabra, but they got it's like a friendly one, and they got to save it or uh, transport it somehow. Um, and we'll give them a fresh supply of goats to suck. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a goat sucker. It's, <laughs> it's the goat sucker, and we're gonna make it a fr- family friendly movie. That's weird, right? That's a weird, weird choice. Um, Damian Bashir has joined the cast uh, again. It will be a Netflix movie. I wonder if he's. I, I wonder if he's got the chops like uh, the young Cronenberg. Yeah, exactly. Has it passed on in the same way? Uh, he made that short film that was like the um, the Earthbound uh, companion to Gravity about that Inuit uh, lady that like talks to Sandra Bullock's character from Earth, like her her side of it. Um, and then he did something else that I don't, I don't know if it was like, uh, I can't Oh, it was like, uh, what's his name? Diego Luna, I think is in it. And it's like a coyote movie. Like someone's trying to transport through Mexico and was, is John Cena the bad guy? Someone's the bad guy, like trying to shoot the, uh, shoot the people that are making it across there. Was it Josh Brolin? Maybe. Okay. Man. I don't know. Um, Blackula rises again, baby. Blackula's back. Blackie Liz back. All right. There, there's a uh, someone who is it? Not uh, AJ. One who AJ Chazé. He's one of the sinkers or is he a Backstreet so. Boy? It's one of them is putting out videos of like the remaining Backstreet Boys and NSYNC guys like hanging out and doing together. Like they're teasing, like uh, we're gonna do something together type of thing. That's weird. And a bunch of people are like, oh the, my god, the ones who aren't popular. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, Lance Bass is there. <laughs> Joy Fatone, he's he's hosting a, a game show on the Game Show Network. Uh, good for him. Common knowledge, it's not a very good show. Oh, I know what happened to his hot dog franchise. 
um, the rent for that little stand was too much at Millennia for the just for, for hot dogs. Ones. Yeah, for fat ones, it was too much. They had to, and when they when they uh, left that spot, they their press release was like, "Oh, we're gonna be back as like in a new spot or in a truck somehow. Like we're gonna find a new way." But uh, that rent was too high for for hot dogs, idiots. And then when they did the um, the big debut and and and, and Joey Fatone was there, like selling hot dogs, people. Uh, one of the like the balloons for, that they had there for the thing like popped and uh, or a couple of them popped and people thought it was like gunfire and there was like, a bit of like a stampede. <laughs> it went it went poorly. Yeah, because it people, was not a good opening. People want to shoot somebody at fat ones, but it's more like oh we're in public in the mall. That sounds like a gunshot. I'm scared immediately because this is America. And my first thought is not to think oh one of those balloons popped. My no, first thought is someone's shooting at me. No. Uh, it's scary. It's scary to live in this country. Shout out to our listeners in uh, Wolverhampton, South Wolverhampton, <laughs> in England, and in Ontario. Big ups to Canadian Pete. I don't know. Someone's in Canada listening and laughing at us. At us. Yes. At us. Not with us. At us. So Blackula is coming back, baby. And uh, for people who don't know what the original, the Blackula origin is that... Um, uh, in the original Blackula movie, there's like an African prince. It's like 200, 300 years ago. And he's a prince of a nation where there's like capturing rival tribes and then selling them off to slavery to the whites on the coast, right? To take it across the water. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dracula like shows up at this dude. He's like, what? You sending your people to slavery? Ha! And makes him into a, makes him into Blackula and he's cursed to be a vampire. So that's his, uh, that's Blackula's origin story. And, uh, and they made a couple of Blackula movies in the seventies. And now the character is back, baby. And um, who is Blackula? It, I don't think they have a Blackula yet. According to Variety, uh, it, it will gonna, keep with the original films. It's all going to be about casting, absolutely. Especially this day and age, it's going to be very important to get the uh, the casting right. John it, David Washington. Uh, they they do say that it's going to be set in a John David Washington. John David Washington's pretty good. It will be set in a metropolitan city post coronavirus pandemic. Um. Sucks for vampires if everyone's staying inside. Gotta, yeah, gotta go in and get them. Well, it also makes it easier for them though, because everybody, everybody's inside. But you gotta be invited inside if you're a vampire, mm-hmm. right? Let me, you will invite me in. Um, let's get into some streaming TV stuff. Roku claims that more people are watching all that Quibi stuff that they bought that they put it on their Roku channel. They are claiming that more people have watched it than have ever watched it when it was on Quibi. Well, I'm sure because. Quibi was a dumb idea. Quibi was a dumb idea. Roku is like everywhere. There are a lot of Roku TVs and yeah. set boxes People out are there. like, what's this? I've never seen this. It's got who in it? Okay, let me watch. Whoa. And some of it's like, oh shit, fucking Reno 911, like revival and stuff like that. Yeah. Or punk There's like punk episodes on there with Ashton Kutcher. It's like some real money thrown into that shit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's all on the on the Roku channel if you want to check out Quibi stuff. <laughs> now, now it's all rebranded Roku Originals, yeah. which is hysterical. Um. Oh, the HBO Max. I I talked about this book last year, Station Eleven. It's a pandemic book that uh by Emily Saint Mando. That's getting turned into a, a series, and it's about a um like a traveling band of performers that go quote town to town, like a little more like an encampment to encampment, performing Shakespeare to everyone because you know the world is shit, and they're trying to bring a little bit of joy to people and find some purpose. Uh, but then they go to one town, it's all fucked up because there's like a cult there, and there's a cult leader, and then it's all right. It's all about that. Uh, Mackenzie Davis 
has been cast in the lead for that. So I'm a big fan of Mackenzie Davis. I think she's great. Last thing I can think of that she was in was that uh that Christmas movie with uh, Kristen Stewart. Did you ever see that one? So. And Aubrey Plaza and Allison Brie. Uh, fucking Dan Levy has a small part in it. That's like that's a good. That was a good movie. That was a fun movie. The uh, also this guy. Um, he was in Tenet, and he was also the lead in that um that movie yesterday, the Beatles movie. Uh uh, what's his name? Hamish Patel. This guy, Hamish Patel. Uh huh. He's uh, he's cast in the movie as well. Um, also running out the cast is uh. Um, Gail Garcia Bernal, you know this dude, that that guy, Mozart in the Jungle, okay, yeah, good old Mozart in the Jungle. Remember that when people were like, "That's a show on Amazon." Mm-hmm. Now no one cares anymore. Uh, he, he's casting it, so uh, I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It was a great book, easy read, short book. Recommend the book. I hope it's a good show. We'll see. I like the I like the casting so far. Uh, her new book is supposed to be very good. Also, Emily Emily Samando. I went for the paperback. I'm a paperback guy. Makes it easier to carry around. Know what I mean? Trying to carry around hardcover. What is this? The 1890s? Yes. And that means the episode's over. Almost. <laughs> almost. That truly does mean almost. <laughs> uh, I wonder if the mic picked that up. It probably didn't. <clears throat> so the Chris Rock says he turned down multiple offers to appear in The Sopranos because he didn't want to ruin the show. Mm-hmm. Good he's for like, him. He's like, I'm too much of a fan of the show. I don't want to pop up into it and ruin it. I mean, it was just all right. Yeah. It was okay. It was fine. People love that show. I know uh, they did. But he was, That's why I watched it finally. But he, but he was also like, was, a, he was, was a fan fine. of it Um, like as it was on TV. No. And like, don't you want to be on this thing as it's airing? He's like, no, no. I just want to watch it. I just want to watch it, please. Uh, Speaking of HBO... They they accidentally sent out an email called integration test email. I got one. You got one of those? Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> I del- I deleted it immediately. It was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what what spam shit is this? But that was legitimately from oh, HBO. Okay. It was just a mistake though, and they blamed it on an intern. Like an intern no. hit a button and sent out this email to everybody. Uh, that, that was that's weird, right? That's yeah. a weird thing that happened that we mm-hmm. all that we all experienced. Yeah, it's strange. That's weird. It's a strange thing that connects us all. Um, TGIF sitcom Perfect Strangers is coming back to Chicago. Okay, new cast, new cast, new cast. Not just a new cast. And it's not going to be awful, even though in it, I, I mean, in it, my memories, it was a great show. Yes, growing up, it was uh, the best show on fucking TV when I was seven years old. Are you kidding me? There was nothing better. And to find out how bad it was, broke my heart. <laughs> broke, broke my heart in college. I was like, Perfect Strangers is on TV land. I can finally watch it. This is awful. Like, this is not watchable. How is this not watchable? It's got Balky Bartokimus. The Dance of that, Joy. That's the most unwatchable part. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, new cast. And it's actually from uh, the two ladies from a black lady sketch show. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, Good for them. London Hughes and Robin Thede. Um, Robin Thede is the, um, the, quote, fashion expert judge on that show, Hot Dog. Hot Dog? Oh, okay. That, that I'm yeah. watching on HBO. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't put that together. I was talking about Hot Dog last week. But yeah, Robin Thede and London Hughes will play um, strangers Deja and Poppy, who discovered they're actually half-sisters when they inherit a one-bedroom apartment located above a yoga studio in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's opposites. Opposites living together type mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, it'd be cool if the... Um, if 
Cousin Larry and Balky, not them, not those characters, but those actors like Bronson Pinchot. And then the other guy uh, had like a little cameo or something. That'd be cute. Oh. That'd be a cute little dumb fan service for for their stupid sitcom idea. <laughs> we'll see, Chris. It's a sitcom. They're all stupid. Every yeah, single sitcom is stupid. Are. From here to the end of time, they're never they'll never not be dumb. But uh, hell, at least it could be fun. At least you have some fun along the way. Uh, you hear about the Harley Quinn thing about Batman not eating pussy? No, you haven't heard about that. Mm-mm. So uh, the writers and showrunners for Harley Quinn for season three said that DC Warner Brothers, the top brass, they shot down a scene in which Batman eats out Catwoman, goes all down on her. They're like Batman. I, Batman I mean, can't do that. Why not? He totally would. Batman, one hundred percent, one hundred percent would <laughs> and does because he's not a selfish lover. Um, Zack Snyder put out a, a tweet. Or whatever of like it looked like a painting a straight up of uh, of Batman eating out Catwoman and like in their costumes yeah. and shit. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And then he was like, he just tweeted, "Canon." Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> like, what? That's crazy. Um, yeah, is that funny? They're like, no, yeah. Bat- Batman can't do that. Yeah, he can. <laughs> he can and he does, and, and he see. would. He, yeah. he wants to specifically, like after a fight. Like he he is he is don't, don't fascinated wash. about it yeah. before he ever don't, got to. Don't take a shower. Don't. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it this way. <laughs> Don't take off your mask. I'm not taking mine off either. The cape stays. No questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how much time over? We are running out of time here. The uh, it's just let's just cherry pick a couple of these. Then so uh, we're getting a Beauty and the Beast live action prequel on Disney Plus featuring um, Luke Evans in the role of Gaston. And Josh Gad in the role of fat guy, fat funny guy. That's what they can't get Dan Stevens or what's your face back. Uh, maybe they'll like have uh, cameos. Yeah, who who was it? Wasn't it like Lily Collins or some shit? No, it was the uh, the Harry Potter girl, Emma Swanson Stone. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> can't remember like, that's not fair know. ladies change up those names come on bunch of emmas don't i'm done with the emmas um assassin's creed netflix series coming they adapted well, live the, action or li- animated live action Duh. and the, the writer that they hired is an old school guy because this dude wrote die hard and the fugitive jeb stewart okay yeah interesting and uh that could be fun. It is. Let's see. Netflix is doing it. It's sort of like, you know, The Witcher live action. That was yeah. a big hit for them. And uh, they also ordered a Resident Evil series. It's coming out soon. So is that live action? No. No, but then there we go. Aminid. Well, then. Uh, Just like the video game. And then this doesn't say specifically one way or the other. But it's coming. American Horror Story. Has a series called American Horror Stories, like okay. an anthology series where every episode it's its own thing, and that's coming to um, FX on Hulu. Interesting. Yeah, I yeah. like that a lot better than first, trying to do a whole season. The first couple seasons of that were good. Then I just yeah. stopped watching. I mean, I like I like most of the first season. I like half of the second season, and then I I watch episode one of season three. I did not. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with all this. This is. I don't think these guys know how to actually do this right. 
Um, the uh, uh, there's a Netflix series called The Watcher, starring Naomi Watts and Bobby Cannavale as a married couple who move into a house, and then uh, they start getting letters like "I'm watching you." I've been tasked with watching the house and its inhabitants, and then they never find out who the Watcher is. And this is apparently based on a true story okay. that's like still happening. They never found the identity of this Watcher, so they use that I mean, how hard, to come up with a story. How hard it is to track physical mail you know what i mean you you go talk to the new jersey state police or whoever's investigating that shit and then you, and then you get back to me because i want to know too and he's fucking uh, they're like what are you gonna do if there's no no cops apparently the same thing that i've always been doing always fucking all cops are bad um microsoft apparently going all in on their microsoft game pass Okay. Uh, it's their you know yeah. subscription service thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been announced. They announced a whole slate of new games to come out for the next year or so, and almost all of them will be available day and date on Game Pass. Well, they they've been doing that with. I mean, I'm really surprised at the quality of the games they have on there. Yeah, I mean, it, they're they are going towards uh, all games just being on Game Pass. Eventually, they're just going to want to sell you your. $10, $15 a month subscription and then just let you use the Game Pass as opposed no. to selling physical copies of the of the game. They're, they're going to that model. It's very, it's very fascinating. It's very interesting. It's very interesting and unbelievable and I can't believe it. Um, some social media stuff. Uh, Chrissy Teigen, uh, she has a Quibi show, uh, now a Roku original show that's probably not going to get renewed where uh, uh, she's like a Judge Judy sort of thing. It's okay. like Judge Chrissy. I don't know. Um, she keeps like trying to apologize for like being awful to people in the past, but then when she does, other people are like, "Oh, but you were awful to me," and she's like, "Oh no!" And then she has to like apologize, apologize to, them, to them, and then someone else is like, "Well, what about me?" Um, so apparently, she's been uh, a bitchy to a lot of people no. in, in in her younger days. Go figure, supermodel's an awful person. Well, huh. yeah, what, what a surprise! The, the, the egotistical person was like fine with crushing others. Mm. This one dude is a fashion guy, fashion designer. He uh tweeted out this whole thing about how she um this is funny she was like came down on him for whatever reason I can't remember the exact cause but she was like I'm gonna ruin your career make sure no one works with you anymore and like and then Chris Teigen like one of her friends like uh uh like had some sort of smear campaign to try to ruin this guy's fashion career and he was like I, I ended up feeling suicidal and blah 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 and then someone else uh, this lady who was like a singer or a model or something, she's like, "That's a terrible experience you had." But you, Mister Like Castell, whatever you, you treated me like shit. And I'm pretty sure it was racism, blah blah. And she described this whole thing with him. It was just like a whole cycle of of shittiness. Yeah, people being like being shitty to each other. Like this person was shitty to me. Yeah, but you were shitty to me. But yeah, you were shitty to me. And she's like, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm seeing a sense in a, a pattern here. Yeah, yeah, people are shitty to each other. It was just like toxicity and, and being passed along and. Uh-huh. People are shitty. Maybe we can stop. Maybe we can stop doing that kind of stuff. Um, let's get into the hot gossip. Oh, actually, real quick. Kevin Hart uh, was talking about cancel culture. It's interesting what, what side of the argument, not argument, but when you talk about cancel culture, you got people like Seth Rogen and surprisingly, Cat Williams, who, who are like very reasonably jokes don't age well. Uh, who, who's your target? Are you punching up? Or are you punching down? Like if people criticize you, like accept it and think about it and don't just reject it blah blah like you have that side of the argument and yeah people like kevin hart or uh, uh you know a lot of people take this test or like you can't cancel me like people want to cancel me but i can't be you know and he's like i've been canceled he says i've been canceled four or five times 
he says in promotion of like his new Netflix movie that that's playing in hundreds of millions of homes and he got paid who knows how many millions of dollars for like none of these people ever get canceled man there's no such thing unless you're I guess go to prison is that no. being canceled though or is that just like breaking the law and then and then, <laughs> and then paying the price for it it's like who's being canceled sexual sexual monsters <laughs> yeah I mean it's weird it's weird when people are like I'm afraid to to be racist on stage you should be it's bad yeah. it's bad I read an op-ed in the paper today published to the Tribune Media uh, so it wasn't like a local guy that can go and punch you in the face I have to like find out where he lives um, but he was like anti-racism is a new racism or some shit yeah. like that <laughs> like how dare you shout down racists they should allow to have their opinions heard <laughs> the people who want to abolish want to abolish and end racism are the real dividers it's like man you published this I hope, yeah. I hope the Sentinel got paid well for that, for that bullshit. Um, hot goss, guys. Let's end the show with some hot goss. Rob Riggle accuses his estranged wife of planting hidden cameras in his home and stealing his money. Weird. <laughs> Think about that next time. Watch yeah. Holy Moly. He's sitting there pretending to have a good time, and in the back of his head, he's thinking about I'm how being watched, and she took all my cash. Yes. Apparently, he said he noticed twenty eight thousand dollars in emergency money was missing from his home office. Who wants to know about his emergency money? His home office emergency money, right? Um, his wife Tiffany apparently denied anything, knowing anything about it. According to court documents, and this is where this is all coming from. Um, his wife hacked into his Apple account. Took, got access to his emails, text, contacts, and photos. Um, she started to exhibit knowledge of private conversations he had about his girlfriend and assistant. So he started, and he started to receive anonymous texts and emails. So he started um, doing a misinformation campaign <laughs> where, like, he was in his office just saying out loud fake information. And then his wife, or like, tried to hit him with this fake info. That So he's like, oh shit, this bitch is bugging yeah. me. <laughs> it's fucked up. It's crazy. Um, he, according to TMZ now, I guess they were going through the court documents. He discovered a smoke detector with a built-in spy camera. So there you go. It's nuts. Um, there are 10,000 videos found on the camera's memory card, including one of his wife sitting on the floor and counting money, which he believes to be the missing $28,000. I'm going to go with yes. Come on. That's crazy. So yeah, when he's doing like doing funny jokes on Holy Moly. Got 28 grand and stolen. In the back of his life. mind, he's like, she's got my money. <laughs> um, like, it's got to be spent by now. So, uh, J-Lo and Ben Affleck totally uh, seen making out at like a J-Lo birthday party and then uh, their makeout sesh is on video was interrupted by one of her kids coming over and like trying to show her something on the phone. Yeah, get used to it. Get used to it, Ben. Apparently, he's... He's hanging out with the kids, and they love him. I'm, I'm reading all these different articles about this. I'm fascinated. I don't know why it's so stupid. Uh, the kids and Ben Affleck, her kids are getting along great with Ben Affleck. It's like her kids with uh, Mark Antony. And um, and Affleck even spent a whole day out with J-Lo's mom. Just a mom. Apparently, when they broke up back in the day, and Ben Affleck is the one who called off the engagement back in 2003, J-Lo called that at the time the first 
big heartbreak of her life, and then she said going then to Mark Anthony was a rebound from the Ben Affleck relationship, and at the time that her mom was really upset about it because she really liked Ben Affleck. So now that they're hanging out again and shit, and it's all like sliding back into the it's just the cicadas are making noises, <laughs> and and Ben is hanging out with J Lo's mom. All's right in the world. She's getting ready to move from Miami <clears throat> to L.A. It's crazy. Jennifer Garner, meanwhile. Not ready to let her kids hang out with J Lo. I find that fascinating. She's like, nope, I'm 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 protective bear, mama bear. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith said that his relationship with Ben Affleck deteriorated after he hooked up with Jennifer Garner because she was like, nope, you ain't hanging out with that fat weed smoking weirdo anymore. Ben, 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 Benjamin. There you go. I was trying to think about how do you say Ben angry? <laughs> Benjamin. Um, and then finally, Trista Cockburn. It's it's in the air. You got to go back. Go back to the ones who loved you before. Uh, Angelina Jolie seen leaving, arriving at and leaving a couple times now at the home of uh, her ex-husband, Johnny Lee Miller, who they met on the set of Hackers and then got married shortly there after that and then got divorced a couple years after that. Uh, she's been hanging out, hanging out with her old, uh, her old beau, her old boyfriend amidst her Ongoing custody battle with uh with Brad Pitt. Oh. Yeah. By the time this custody battle ends, the youngest kid is twelve. By the time the time the custody kid battle be 18, ends, it won't matter. Yeah, they're all gonna be adults. Every single one. And of it them. won't matter. It's ridiculous how long it's going. Uh, but hey, you know what? Lawyers are getting paid. Yeah. Oh, they're milking it for all they can. That's crazy. She's like, fine, I'll do that goddamn firefighter movie. <laughs> Gotta pay for these lawyers. Uh, so she's hanging out with um, uh, Johnny Lee Miller, man. So if you uh, want to get a, a spice, a little bit of a, a taste of that spice, you gotta watch Hackers. Remember, <laughs> remember, remember Hackers? Bad movie. He got a uh, he got what's his name? Dax Shepard. Was it Dax Shepard? No, Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. The other, the the other lanky uh, blonde guy. Uh, at th- the time. Yeah. Oh my God! What? Why? Why? Why does Hollywood do this to us? Why does Hollywood do this to us? That's the end of the episode. Why people? Why people? W Y P I P O. Drusic Agra, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, listeners. Uh, this is the end of Cinema Crespity, so will this episode, not the show overall. I mean, that sounded portentous. I was about to say, really? It's over? Finally? Like, cool. Yeah. Well, my, 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 my Sundays magi- are back. My magical <laughs> shackles have, have disappeared. It's like the end of Aladdin. Yeah. Um, but then Aladdin 2 starts. You're like, I, I've chosen to come back. Like, why? Fuck you. You're stupid. Why? It's like I took a dog to an intersection, and then he followed me home. That'd be, now now I got to shoot you like Old Yeller. Isn't that how Old Yeller happened? Right. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate you getting my back on that one. Um, all right, guys. That's it for 441. We be done. Peace out. A PFT Media Production.